got ourselves a time-traveling whodunit. The boys crack the case. We're sure going to try to get to the bottom of it. as We talk about the 12-episode 2016 anime series, Erased, this week on Shonen and Suds. Cody! Welcome back, brother. How you doing, brother? <laughs> oh, I'm doing good, man. It's good Hell to be back. Yes. We're back for, uh, you know, we got some good anime here. We got something to... Dude, uh, dude I'm excited to talk it. about this. Like, <laughs> I am tickled. I am tickled shitless whenever we, like, report back or after, you know, after watching a show for the week and we're just fucking giddy to talk about it. Oh, man. Because the show is great. The show is absolutely great. It's not perfect. It's not perfect by any stretch. But... The good definitely outweighs any gripe that I could possibly have. And, you know, you and I talked about this a lot, Cody. Like, our gripes stem from the fact that we watch a lot of, um, we watch a lot of, like, murder documentaries. And I listen to a lot of murder podcasts. Like, fucking whodunits are my lifeblood. So, you're not going to get, you're not going to fucking zip one past me. Um, and the biggest gripe I have, and I'm just going to get it out of the way right now. It was extremely predictable. Like the second spoil spoilers ahead. So if you haven't watched yet, stop right here. Cause I'm about to fucking reveal the killer. Like it's my first turn of clue. Cody, this is turn one clue, baby. I got, I got my little notepad. I'm got to grab the little envelope. So if you haven't watched it, go ahead and get off right here. All right, that's enough time. The second we saw the teacher, Cody, I was like, that's the fucking guy. That's the one. Yeah. No no, no bones about it. Yeah, the moment I saw him, very predictable. Um, it didn't help that the Netflix the logo, I sent you a picture of it yesterday, Chris. <laughs> you it's sure like, did. And granted, the teacher does look different later on in the show, but like the image is, is uh, what's our main character's name? Shit, I can't even think of his name. Uh, uh, Sat- uh, Satoru. Satoru, that's right. Uh, so it's Satoru and the teacher, like, way older, like, it just, it, the final episode, one of the beginning scenes of the final episode is just shown on the Netflix, like, preview thing, and I was just like, now why do they have that there? Like, there's, there's like, a classic erased image that I've seen, like, a million times of Satoru and Kaya when they're younger sitting, like, in the bus. Mm-hmm. Like, that should always be the image, because, like, it doesn't give away anything. Like, you just, you just see two kids sitting there, like, <laughs> no big deal. For some reason, Netflix sometimes switches out the images that they have on these, on like their, their previews for shows, I guess, to build hype, but not not a good choice by them at, at any they, case. They definitely uh, let the cat out of the bag on that one, but you know, it's okay. Um, it is definitely okay because um, the, the pacing of the show, just they everything that they did, other than it being extremely predictable, was done very, very well. Yeah, and I think even the predictable, like it being predictable, isn't necessarily even a bad thing. I think it's just we're we're seasoned vets at this game, you know. You th- you, it makes it very accessible. Yeah, we need a few more, a uh, few more characters to to look at and think maybe it could be them. Maybe it could be them. There was really only absolutely. There was really only like two, maybe three real options. Um, but you were able to rule them out immediately, just immediately. Yeah, and not not to jump too far ahead of ourselves, Chris. I am uh, Cody Snodgrass. 
And I am Ace Detective on the case this week, Chris Adams. How the hell are you? <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, dude. Just good. Just good, good stuff all across the board. And I was saying after I, cause I, I watched the whole thing last night. Like, I, um, I hadn't had a lot of free time. I've just been so busy. Like, work has been kicking my ass. I'm preparing for this vacation, Cody. I cannot wait to get down to Florida to watch two nights of wrestling. Uh, the pay-per-view card is already shaping up to be just one of the best cards I've ever seen live. Um, and for those who are or aren't wrestling fans, even if you're not a wrestling fan, there is nothing quite like going to it live. It is such a spectacle. It's so much fun. And I'm going to be hammered as shit. <laughs> Yeah, and I can't, there's really nothing that compares to like a wrestling live event. I've been to, you know, football games. I've been to NHL playoff games. Mm-hmm. Um, it, like the, the atmosphere at a wrestling event is just totally different. Like it's wild. Everybody's it's, it's... yelling at everybody. It's great. Like it's just mm-hmm. cheering for whoever you want to cheer for, uh, or cheering exactly. against whoever they're cheering for, you know, whatever the case may be. Like nothing really matches it. It's it's perfect, and I can't wait for it. Um, but yeah, dude, I'm just I'm really really excited to dive in. Um, as far as news goes, I mean I don't really have anything. They did. Um, um I guess I do kind of have something. You know me, I'm a big Dragon Ball guy. They just had their Dragon Ball like games battle hour thing all last weekend, where they went over a lot of the Dragon Ball games. Um, uh, Fighter Z. If you're into fighting games, I want to say they revealed and had some of the like top pro players play with the new version of like Android 21 with the lab coat, which is, I don't know, for some reason that is like top tier body pillow material for some people. And I don't, I don't get it. <laughs> um, they, uh, they had this really cool thing, you know, Cody, you and I are big card game guys. They had this really cool um, presentation where they had the current world champion of the card game play against like the 2019 national champion and the, the production value and all of the graphics and stuff they use was a really, really uh, neat, um, just really, really neat way to exhibit the card game or to present the card game for maybe people who didn't care um, or have never played it before. Um, but also, too, they showed a lot about uh, drag. Uh, oh, 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 when I say a lot, they showed a, enough about uh, the new Dragon Ball movie. You know, they confirmed the Japanese release date. And all signs are pointing to it coming out to the United States early summer of this year. So I am really, really excited about that. And it seems like. Uh, it seems like Gohan is kind of the main focus of this movie, which, you know, I'm, I'm a fucking Gohan mark, so really, really excited about that. <laughs> Love that. Uh, I do have some news here, Chris, as I scroll through these these articles I got here. Um, most rec- I'll start with the most Every- recent one. Um, yeah. We had Nier Automata is actually getting uh, That's right. Anime. That's absolutely right. That looks... Uh, I'm big fan of the game. Um one of the best, like one of the best soundtracks in a game I've ever heard. Yeah, honestly, like that game, I could, I could go on and on for days talking about like how good it is. Like speaking of body pillow material, right? Yeah, Jesus. yeah old two B. Yeah, <laughs> um, and right. She, and she's in like the concept art image that we've seen. So mm-hmm. I wonder how they're gonna tell it because obviously, like Nier has like a million different endings. Um, so I yeah, wonder how the game you have to play through like I want to say you have to play through it like four or five times or whatever to actually get the full story or something like that. Yeah, but it's totally worth it. You get to, you know, I mean, you know how it is. You get to play all the characters. Like it's just, it's a great game. It's fun to play. Combat uh, is fantastic. And then we had some uh, some competition uh, over in Japanese movie theaters between uh, Jujutsu Kaisen, 
uh, it got its mm-hmm. film, which I believe the film was just called Jujutsu Kaisen Zero. Um, it was a pretty big hit um, until the Fruit Basket Prelude compilation film. That's earned Man, 55 million that's yen. That's earned 55 million yen in the first four days. It is uh, chilling at the number one spot right now. <laughs> it's cooking is what they're doing over there. Yeah. And then um, let me make sure this isn't like just a total meme before I click on it. Mm-hmm. Make sure this is real. I'll just read the headline for you, Chris. You you got to <laughs> sift through all the World War Three news happening, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Beyblade gets live action movie produced by Jerry Bruckheimer. Stop drilling, you've struck oil. <laughs> I am fucking in. Let them rip. Fucking, I want the. I want there to be like this dark, gritty movie poster with just a fucking Beyblade like cracked and worn, and it just says "Let her rip" in theaters 2023. <laughs> what, yeah. dude? I am so fucking in. Let me see. Here. Entertainment news website Deadline revealed on Thursday that Jerry Bruckheimer uh, from Pirates of the Caribbean, National Treasure, Top Gun. And Paramount are producing a live-action movie based on Takara Tomy's Beyblade franchise. Neil Widener and Gavin James are writing the script. Um, so yeah, we get to see. You know, <laughs> we're, we're gonna pull out our rip cords, Chris. Break out the Dude. fucking battle arenas we used to have, <laughs> and uh, Dude, let that it rip. movie will be a fucking D minus at best if there's <laughs> not at least one let them rip in the movie. Dude, I will be at the theater. 100%. I will throw my fucking popcorn at the screen if <laughs> the credits roll and I don't hear the words "let a rip," "let um," "let them," "let anything." If I, the the sentence needs to begin with "let" and needs to end with "rip," there needs to be that that series of words in this movie. And if it's not, I I will I will be sending a firmly worded email to Mr. Bruckheimer. Yeah, dude, I, I, I'm actually pretty excited about this. I used to be big in the Beyblades when I was younger. I remember my, like, Dranzer Beyblade <laughs> that Kai used to it have was, in the it show. It was always dude. a meme for me, just always a giant meme, but I used to I used to watch the shit out of it. I used to get kind of, get a little left, enjoy some left-handed <laughs> cigarettes while, uh, while watching Beyblade. Hey, Chris, I, I had my dad order the battle tops off of, like, the call Holy 1-800, shit. and he, if you call within <laughs> the next 10 minutes, you get two sets. All right, so Holy like shit. when Beyblade like, yeah! when Beyblade came out, like I, it was like the enhanced version of that. Like it was just perfect. Um, Hell yes! So looking forward to that, of course. But that's all. That's all the news I got this week. Um, I was gonna, and I was saying earlier, it's not really news. I mean, but you know, the most recent season of Demon Slayer ended, um, and the inter- overall, the entertainment district arc, Cody was fucking phenomenal. I still stand by. Uh, not the season finale because that definitely ended on a on a let me breathe. Like it was a very soft season finale. Like they just they kind of build up a little bit for the next arc. But I'm glad they did that. You know, I was like, oh man, maybe they'd have a little more action. But it was definitely like after the episode before that, which I still think to this day is the greatest 30 minutes of anime that has ever existed on God's green earth. It was it was an excellent season. So. You know, you you heard you heard it here from your boy. When this podcast started, I gave two fucks about Demon Slayer, and now I'm just counting down the days when I get to watch more new episodes. We lo- we love to see that, Chris. <laughs> the big turnaround, right? I, that's uh, right. That's <laughs> right. It's my it's, it's my my face turn. I, I was I was a Demon Slayer heel. Now I've made my face turn. Great. 
Yeah, so I imagine, I think they've started the English dubbing on some of the beginning episodes, if I'm not mistaken. Excellent. Um, so once the English dub gets done, we'll obviously we'll throw it right into the rotation here on the podcast. Um, Absolutely. And speaking of which, before we dive into Erased, we also had, uh, we're gonna, we, we've decided we're going to do the live action um, series mm-hmm. of Erased next week. Uh, we're gonna do and all that's ten... also on Netflix, you said. Yeah, also on Netflix. Uh, it's only 10 episodes. They're about a half hour long each. We're going to cover that next Thursday. Then the following Thursday, we're gonna, I'm going to surf the dark web and find out where, I can, where we can watch the Erased film. Um, because it seems like both have pretty high praise. And uh, speaking of high praise, Chris, I saw on Rotten Tomatoes, right before we started the podcast, Erased is actually a 100% from the critics. It's definitely deserving. It's it's excellent. This was excellent. Yeah, I, I have I have very few bad things to say about this show. And, uh, you know, we're going to talk about that, Chris. But, you know, we got something else we got to cover, right? We, we got to smother and cover because, Cody, I can't I can't keep up this pace with these with this dry ass mouth of mine. But I need to know and everybody needs to know. What you drinking? Good crack. All right, Chris. You might have heard a little uh, carbonation there. That's because, uh, I guess, beer is carbonated as well. But Chris, it seems every Thursday when we record this podcast, the skies just open up and snow and sleet and freezing rain continue to pour on St. Louis. So, uh, Storm and the X-Men <laughs> are just doing some kind of mission over your fucking house every Thursday. And maybe they just want me to have the day off, which is, you know, no complaints <laughs> here, um, but I, I, I never have time to go get more alcohol. So I, I've just been, thankfully, I still have a little Bacardi left. Um, you know, I got my trusty sidekick, Coke Zero, here. Um, so oh, we're just man. doing, uh, we're doing a, a repeat of last week. I was at the grocery store the other day, and Chris, I mm-hmm. looked at Bud Light next, the zero-calorie version of Bud Light. Uh-huh. And I just couldn't commit to the price. It's like... It's overpriced as shit, isn't it? Dude, they price it like it's like the lemonades or something. Like, and I don't want to fuck that. And I don't want you know I don't need twelve of them. I just need one. Like, yeah. Like, cause what if what if the first one of the twelve is bad? Like, what if it's just not yeah. good? And then I have twelve more beers. I gotta like pawn off. Um, but maybe I'm not I'm not here for that. Yeah, maybe when we're in Orlando, we'll like buy a case of it because there'll be at least there's four of us, so we can all suffer together. Yes. <laughs> and then. uh and then if, we can... if they're as light and crisp as they're saying, they will go down incredibly fast. <laughs> exactly. So maybe I'll we'll try to cover that next week. Um, but for now, we're just doing a repeat. Bacardi Lyman, a little Coke Zero. Uh, yeah, that's what I'm drinking. Chris, what about you? Well, Cody, this week, um, like I said, I'm, I'm getting ready for our vacation. I'm really, really hyped. And I'm going to drink more than a human adult probably should in a span of three days. Um, and also too, like I said at the top of this thing, man, I have been work has been kicking my ass. I am a uh, I'm a claims investigator, which is ironic that we're doing uh, you know a, a nice murder mystery podcast. I don't deal with murders, but I deal with uh, you know auto accidents and fraudulent activity and things like that. Um, so that's what I do for a living. And this week has just been just been crazy busy. A lot of lot of fucking goofs out there. Um, trying to pull one over on your boy, but you know they got to get up pretty early, and I'm I'm an early bird, so they got to get up earlier than me. Pull the wool over my eyes. So <laughs> Cody, I am sipping on a hot cup of coffee this week. No no booze in it. No no Bailey's. No whiskey. No no nothing. 
just son of a bitchin' dime a dozen duck ass duck meat and potatoes fucking coffee. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that, Chris. Although I, I am a little disappointed that it's, there is no Bailey's, but you know it's it's fine. It's... Yeah, I, I'm act, I don't have any Bailey's, but I do have whiskey, and I do like whiskey and coffee. Maybe, maybe that'll be. Uh, but again, also too, I'm really I'm really saving myself for next weekend. Um, it's, it's gonna be fucking on. Oh, yeah, really looking forward to it. Uh, and just to prevent any more confusion, Chris, uh, apparently mm-hmm. there's an Aaron Eckhart film called Erased. Okay. This is not <laughs> the same movie. Just so Man, everybody I wish knows. he was in it. I'm, I'm I, I could here. see Aaron Eckhart playing the teacher. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like while you were while you were talking, I was just like, I was like, well, let me see if I can find it like on Amazon Prime or something. There's just a movie on Amazon Prime called Erased with Aaron Eckhart. I'm just like, well, that's, that's not not it. the one. But my search F continues, me Chris. And the B. <laughs> yeah, that's all right. Yeah, it's all right. But oh, go ahead. Please go. No, please. I insist, Chris. I was just gonna dish it up to you. I'm ready to dive into a race. Oh, oh, I see. I see. We, uh, you know, we definitely missed the easy layup there. We were trying to get too fit. Fancy with it. We we must have thought we were playing at the All Star game, and I went behind the back. <laughs> you went behind the back and bounced it off the elbow. You know, we, you went Jason Williams on me, and I just lost it in the bleachers. That's a uh, that's on me. Well, that turnover's on me. That'll hurt my stats. But yeah, so here we are. Let's go ahead and talk the 2016 series race. And if something really neat here again, this is just a time traveling murder mystery. Um, it takes place in the year 2006. Uh, our main character is a 29-year-old manga, uh, manga, manga, uh, manga artist. Listen to me, fucking gringo <laughs> over here. The manga artist who has this kind of neat thing that he experiences every once in a while. There's no, they don't really tell us much about it, other than it's something that happens to him that's uh, known as revival. What this is is he, um, he's basically sent back in time. You know, a few seconds, few minutes. Usually it's to prevent a tragedy from happening. Usually something around him is something is not right, almost like in a spider sense kind of way. But the time he jumps back in time, typically by a few minutes, and he's able to prevent that tragedy. Where like this first episode opens up, it's like he's delivering pizzas at a, a hip happening pizza joint. And um, as he's driving down uh, the road, he passes this truck and... He, he gets the revival happens and he experiences it again. He's like, oh, shit, you know, something's happening. And he realizes the driver of the truck is asleep at the wheel. Well, it turns out uh, the truck driver had a heart attack and he was going to splat this kid going through the crosswalk. But he's able to, you know, he loops around on his little pizza scooter, catches up to the truck and, you know, reaches in and pulls the wheel and moves everything over to avoid hitting the kid. So... But also, too, I mean, he, um, the truck driver died. He gets hospitalized for a couple days, but nothing crazy. Um, and he has a, he has a 17 year old coworker that they make this part really weird. I didn't really, I don't know how much I vibed with this part. Um, uh, they made it almost seem like this, he's 30 years old and his coworker's 17. They almost made it seem like there was a love interest there, but it's just like, dog, that's not cool. But, yeah, I think I think it's more of like a like a close friendship, like coworker type. Yeah, thing. yeah, I, I I can see that, and that's that's kind of what I was like. It's got to be that, right? Because that just because they also made the joke. He's like, like somebody would be like, "Hey, she's pretty, huh?" And he's like, "Dude, I'm 30. She's 17. Fuck off," you know. Yeah, and he seems to be pretty like, uh, 
aware of the situation. Like he's like, oh, yeah, oh, she's yeah, he's seventeen. He's not stupid. Even like when he goes no. back, like he's like, you're twenty nine. What are you doing? Exactly, which I thought was funny. I love the uh, when he's you know when he's in his child body, how he has his like adult voiceovers. You know? so there is some humor in here. Um, so while he's recovering, um, you know, he's able to go back home, and his uh, his mom comes to visit. Our old, our the by the way, Miss Sachiko is the best. Give her the fucking strap for anime mother of all time. The best anime mom I have ever seen in any anime in my entire life absolute best what a just a jewel of a, of a of an animated human being oh absolutely i mean this is this is mom of the year 100 percent um i can't i can't even think of a, a better mom in, in television uh compared to her um yeah his mother sachiko she's come to town uh obviously because she's heard of this incident that happened with him uh, you know just make cooking him some meals you know and just kind of keeping him company uh even though he seems to be like I don't know. It seems like there's some distance between them, which we never really get much of yeah. a, like a reason for. Um, but it turns out there was this basically, he kind of brings it up that there was this incident, incident that happened 18 years in the past um, mm-hmm. in their hometown where this girl and a few other kids were kidnapped and their bodies were found and like they were murdered, basically. Kids from his class. So we had ourselves a little serial kidnapper and killer. Um they were in, I believe they were in sixth grade, and it was, it was, um, two of the victims were his classmates, and one of them was a, a kid from another school in another town over. Um, so I want to say the, the next day, um, he, there's another revival incident, uh, that takes place with, uh, Satoru, and I'm trying to remember what yeah. caused it. Yeah, so it's him and his um, mom there at the grocery store. And when they leave, yes. they see, like, this strange guy with, like, a, you know, like, a top hat. Looks very shady. Yep. And he's holding hands with, like, this young kid. Like, and yep. doesn't look like, this isn't, like, a father and his daughter. Or this looks like. Yeah, it's kind of creepy. Yeah, that's right. That's right. They're in the parking lot leaving the grocery store. And, uh, like, because he, he looks over and hears, like, the kid, like, the kid almost, like, grunts or whines or something. Yeah. Yeah. So, something clearly looks suspicious. Um, And it seems like the, the guy kind of, like, heads off. Like, the guy just doesn't like take the girl he like just kind of you know runs off or whatever um it seems like they prevented you know at least one disaster uh, mm-hmm. happening and his mom actually she's very very bright she she was a reporter for the longest time when he i guess when he was a kid um so she starts looking into you know looking into the these kidnappings and um she i want to say she actually figures out who it is um, yeah, it seems like she knows. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, no, she definitely, she, I, she seems like she knows what's up and she's about to let, um, her son Satoru know Cody almost immediately. She is drilled in the back with a knife. Yep. Or mama Dukes. It's like, holy shit. Um, and obviously the killer is very, you know, all we see is like, he's wearing a pair of black slacks. He's got gloves on. He's dressed very, very well. Um, and she gets a look at him, and you can see her eyes. Like we we don't we don't get to see the killer's face, but she does. Which you know that's a I love I love that trope in like mysteries where a victim knows who the killer is because there's clearly some familiarity there. Um, always love that shit because it ma- starts making me question every single character I meet for the rest of the book, movies, whatever the case may be. Um, well, he then like 
takes, I want to say he takes the cell phone, uh, her phone. I want to say he takes her cell phone. I can't remember if he smashes it or takes it, but either way. Yeah, the killer, um, the killer takes it, yeah. Takes, takes her phone, and that's right. And then, um, so, Sataru comes home, finds his mom laying there dead. And happens and, to, uh, pa- he passes the killer on the way, too. Like on the which way. is wild. Yeah. Passes him on the way by, and that's when you're like, oh, this, and, and honestly, seeing the killer with, like, the, the you know, the whole fucking, I, I hate, I hate fedoras, dude. If you're a grown fucking man, <laughs> do not wear a fedora. Not even at, like, somebody's wedding, and they ask you to wear it, be like, no. Say no. You can't come to the wedding. It's not the fucking 1920s. You don't have the word press sticking out of your hat. <laughs> yeah, it, this guy this guy's channeling cool. his, his inner Muzan Kibutsuji. <laughs> ah, damn. And this, this is just a PSA, man. I don't care, you know, wear what you want as long as it's not a fedora, because you look like a fucking Chad or a fucking douche. <laughs> so that, that's put... just my... Put that on a Snapple cap. Wear what you want, as long that's as it's not right. a fedora. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm saying, dude. That's my PSA for the day. It'll, 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 it'll up your just, it'll just life quality of life improvement plus fifty if you just toss. It. If you got one, just fucking toss it. But anyway, so of course he comes in. He's you know he's holding his mom. He she gets his blood on her hands, and a neighbor fucking rolls up, returning the mom's casserole dish. She starts, and and what does this look like, Cody? It looks like, oh, I, I always hated that trope. And this is one of my first gripes. It's like, dog, why would you immediately think that your son murdered his mom, right? Especially when he looks like puzzled. Yes, I understand that he would definitely be a suspect in any timeline you're in. But if you've got nothing to hide, why would you run? Why would, you know what I mean? I understand people panic, flight or fight or flight kicks in. But, like, yeah. that's easy. I didn't fucking do it. Oh, I'll wait for, I'll, I will call 911. I'll wait for the cops to get here. You know what I mean? Like, it's easy. You can, you can easily sort that shit out. Yeah, and of course, like, instead he runs away. Like um, a dumb shit. And they're, and the cops, of course, are like fucking APB out on the sun. He fucking, he was there. He fled the scene. That sounds like a suspect to me. Um, this episode ends where he's um so he's on the run from the police, but the next thing we know, Cody, revival kicks in, and he finds himself in front of his elementary school in the year 1988, and we know that because there's like a banner on the front of the school that says uh, "National Hockey Champions 1988." I guess Pee Wee hockey was a thing is a thing in Japan. I'd like to. I'm very curious as to how big hockey is over there, or maybe was in the 80s. I don't know. I'm not sure. That's actually a good question. Um, but yeah, he's been transported. How many years back would that be? Uh, I think 18. it's 18 years, yeah. 18 um, years. Yeah, he is in the past 18 years, which it seems like this is where this is where this whole story begins. Yeah, because now, of can course. Can we take a moment? Oh yeah, go ahead. Talk about the intro. The intro is a fucking bop. Oh yeah. To this show. Very fun intro. Very very good. I even like the it's outro. Been in my head all day. Yeah, the outro is great too. Now, granted, I watched it on Netflix, so I didn't really get to hear the outro till the very last episode when they did like the the ending, how they do anime shows. But, um, it was good. I think the intro and outro are excellent. Yeah, yeah, absolutely fantastic. Um, <clears throat> and I think real quick we can touch on like the animation. Uh, looks very, good. Yeah, it's very really, like, really good. Very modern look. Uh, can't complain about mm-hmm. really anything when it comes to. Sound like the music, the voice acting's phenomenal. Uh, we we get our boy um, Norman from um, 
Promise Neverland. He's he's one of the characters in this. Uh, I, love, I I love the um Satoru's uh voice actor. Yeah, I love like, really really good voice actor. Yeah, and a lot of a lot of familiar names you'd recognize from like other animes and things like that. Um, they all sounded very familiar. Like I was very I was like, man, I don't want to look up who these people are because I'll feel like an idiot when like I don't recognize them until I go down the deeper rabbit hole of looking up their like credits and stuff. But I was like, all of them sound familiar and they are all crushing this shit. Oh yeah, I was like, oh that's Lucy from Fairy Tale. Oh that's Norman from Promise Neverland. Mm-hmm. Like I was recognizing them like pretty quick. Um, yeah, r- real good voice acting, real good cast, everything. Uh, just, just top notch. Um, but anyhow, back yeah. to the story. We are we are now back. Um, and we're basically in episode two here, where he's he's kind of orienting himself to you know trying to figure out why he's back here. And this is where he kind of deduces that all right, well, whoever killed my mother, it whatever happened, it starts here. Because I guess you kind of realize, and maybe there's more to it that I'm just deducing from, you know, just out of nowhere, really more speculation, I guess. Here, revival takes him back to the beginning of whatever tragedy he's trying to fix. Yep. And the murder of his mother brings him back to this particular moment in time. And um, of course here, you know, he, he's really, really happy to see his mom um, when he gets home that afternoon. Um, he also notices um, one of the girls in his class who was also the first victim. Uh, her name is uh, Kayo Hinazuki. Um, very much like kind of a loner. Um, we find out she has a real, real tragic story, like abusive home. It, it sucks. You, you feel really bad for this character. And what's what's crazy is because of what she goes through at her at home, you almost feel like death was like sweet release from all of that, as weird as that sounds to say. But that's um, she had a real shitty like life outside of school, which was tough. Yeah. And like. He notices obviously like the bruises on her, and like he thinks like, mm-hmm. okay, maybe I have to, this is what I gotta prevent, prevent you know this, this string of murders from you know going on essentially. Yep, and uh, and he thinks that well, okay, well it's it's clearly somebody's after her right now, somebody's hurting her right now. Let me dig into that. So and then he, he starts digging in, like talking to his other classmates, most notably um, Kenya, um, who I think is a really cool character. For the longest time, Cody, I actually thought Kenya was somebody else from the future as well, who also went back in time. Because he was he's really smart and real you know, and, and knew that and he talks about it later in the show. He knew he knew that Sataru was you're not really acting like yourself. You know what I mean? You're acting really different to people, and not in a bad way, but just in a more mature way. You know what I mean? Yeah, and of course, you know, this kid's very smart, like you said. Oh, yeah. Um and he's the one that's voiced by Norman from uh, from Promise Thanks, Neverland. So, so it like totally looks like Norman, you know. Like this guy just he he's Norman in this show. Um, yeah, you can tell he's very he picks up he he knows something's up. Like even when he goes back, um, when Satoru comes back again to the past, like he he's the one that's catching on. He's like, it's like you're a different person, like or something. Like, and he he yeah. dude, there was one moment where I thought he might be the bad guy. This kid. I did too. I, I honestly thought it was the bad guy from present day who had maybe gone back in time, or maybe he was a child killer back then, and he's grown up and fu- you know what I mean. Yeah, I agree yeah. with you. I thought I thought the same thing. I thought just for a second, and then they had like the scene where he it's Kenya and the teacher talking alone for just oh, like one the, second. The fucking the second you saw the teacher, the minute he walked into the classroom, oh, the yeah. beginning, I was like, 
never mind. No matter who they fucking show me in this show, it is the teacher. Like immediately, it just because of. And I think that that's that's my other gripe with the show is like the way they drew the teacher, gave him dark colors. They gave him a very light skin tone. They gave him dark hair that kind of like they they drew him in a way that made him look like a low key bad guy. You know, there was nothing cheery about him. He was very quiet even keel keel very very calm like the basically the demeanor of a fucking sociopath and a serial killer yeah 100 percent. like he just looked um, he looked like it doesn't matter it looked like the other characters were just filler when he walked in like i was just like yes uh, yes this is probably the guy it wasn't even a probably. I was like, I will. I was like, this. Sh- I was like, there is no fucking way. I would have bet everything. I would have bet everything I own, every dollar to my name, that this guy was the fucking killer from the second I saw him. Yeah, that's how predictable it was. But again, like you said, Cody, we're seasoned detectives on the case here. But anyway, um, I let that go. I was like, well, let's see. I was like, this is anime. They have plenty of times to fuck this up. They never did, thankfully. So I went with it, but I was like, it's going to be the teacher. Everything is going to point to the teacher. And they, they actually do some things like that with like background conversations and the way he talks with some of the kids. Like I, there was some really cool, like low key stuff happening in the background throughout the show. Um, Chris, but they, anyway, Chris, they even mentioned our favorite Final Fantasy. They mentioned Dragon dude, Quest. Dude, that's <laughs> what I loved in this episode. Like the kids, like they definitely let you know it was 1988. They're like, oh, we play Dragon. I want to go home and play Dragon Quest 3. Our friend's a Final Fantasy kid. Ah, bah, 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 bah. I was like, this is so fucking cool. Yeah, very, very cool. Like to relate it. So like... I'm a Dragon Quest mark. I, uh, you know, I love Final Fantasy. I actually do enjoy Dragon Quest a lot more. I would have loved to have lived in Japan as a child when Dragon Quest came out. You know why? Because like school closed, work closed. It was like a na- Dragon Quest day was like national holiday every time a, ga- uh, a game came out. From what I always heard. Yeah, very, very cool little uh, little nod to the gaming scene there. Um... They're like he doesn't even have a uh, well. He's like Satara doesn't even have a Famicom. How does he? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it was so great. I was like, this is so fucking awesome. Yeah, very really cool. great nods. Um, but basically, like Satara, he starts to befriend uh, Aya. Like, yeah, you know, he, he's trying to be her, like. And it's almost weird to her because like they don't, they're not like up until this point they weren't really friends. They were just classmates. But he's like, obviously, he's trying to protect her. Yep. So, ba- doing whatever he can to change the past, like he he invites her to his birthday. He just starts like going out of his way to hang out with her, and of course, she's very like apprehensive at first. She's like, "Oh, you're just like me. You're just a fucking fake." You know what I mean? Like, she saw through what he was trying to do. But I really like how they do ultimately become really good friends, and I also really love that they don't end up together. And I love who she does end up with in the show. I thought it was so fucking awesome when we get to that point, like, later on at the end. Oh, and, Chris, there, there are people that are mad that he, they didn't end up together. I'm like, fuck that. No fucking way, dude. That's the, the fact that they didn't end up together. I hate, Cody, I'm going to take a quick sidebar here. You know what I hate more than anything in movies? What's books, that, Chris? <laughs> anime. A shoehorned, fucking stuffed-in love story. 
you don't need the guy to end up with the girl or the guy to end up with the guy or the girl. To end. You do not need a love story to move a story forward. So get that shit out of here. There yeah. is nothing wrong with people being friends and staying friends and grow and becoming friends and staying friends for the rest of their life. Cody, what if I told you that a guy and a girl could fucking be friends and they don't have to fuck and they don't have to fall in love? <laughs> what if I, I know fucking foreign, right? Crazy Chris. <laughs> I'm talking crazy here. What's in that coffee? So like, I, right. <laughs> Maybe there is whiskey in there. No, but no, I, I really like that. They did not end up together, but I love who she ended up with. And I, there's just that like that bonding and tragedy, right? And I love I loved that story. Anyway. Yeah. Um so that episode ends where he's reading uh, basically he gets like a class essay and um he talk Kenya basically says, Hey, you know, you want to find out more about her, you should read uh her like the the com the com um the compilation of class essays. And her essay basically talks about her life really sucking at home. And that's when he's like, Okay, well that's when Satara's like, Okay, well let me invite her to my birthday. Let me do this. You know, let me try to befriend her. That's kind of how, that's basically the whole premise of that episode. Yeah. And then uh, going into this episode three, um, you know, he's still planning on changing the future. Uh, and he kind of gets to test this in like an ice skating race against one of the hockey players. Um, he kind of can like figure out like certain things that he can change. And like he, whenever something happens, he remembers like, oh shit, I did that in the past. Or, oh, this is new. Um, so he's kind of learning. I love the way it does, like almost like the film, like the film reel when yeah. he's remembering something that I thought that really cool artistic touch. Yeah, real nice touch there. Um, but yeah, he 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 obviously he's invited to her to his birthday party, and she was kind of like hesitant about that. Um, and so he actually goes to his teacher, um, who's clearly the sketchy murderer. Um, and he's like, he asks his teacher when Kayo's birthday is, and it turns out they have the same birthday, which is March second. Um, I believe she was originally abducted on March first. What they what they refer to as Day X, right? Um, and that's what he was trying to figure out because um the whole thing is he's like he's like all right well it happened between here and her birthday. That he also spends time trying to deduce like when her birthday is right. So there's a lot of him like a lot of clue finding, a lot of fact finding on what he can do, to what he needs to do to stop her from being kidnapped. Yeah, because certain specifics he doesn't remember. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, once he learns that her birthday is March 2nd, he knows that when she was kidnapped, she was 10. Um, so he knows the abduction is going to happen on March 1st. Um, and he basically, is, he's trying to prevent that. He also spends some time with Yuki, who is the guy who... Hey, our, our fall guy, our patsy. Yeah, um, he's basically the guy that was arrested for the crimes and the murders. Um, and he always said he, he didn't do it. Um, I think in the present day... In present day in this movie is in this in this series is 2006. So Yuki is actually sitting on death row for these crimes, and but he's professed his innocence since day one. Yeah, and there was another series of crimes like this in the next town over that happened, and yep. the guy who was accused of that and like sentenced also said that he never did it. Like he's very like outspoken about it. Um, so Satara basically spends some time with Yuki. He, he, mm. he basically. Eliminates him from being one of the suspects. Like you can tell. Yeah, he's like he, by his demeanor, by talking to him, he's like, "There's no way that this guy is the killer." Yeah, he basically just wants the best for Kayo and all these kids. Um, yeah. 
Although he is like an older kid hanging out with the kids, it's not like an, it's like an, a very like normal way, like nothing creepy. Um, yeah, and then after this, I, I want to say it's when Sataru heads over to Kayo's. Um, yes, this is where he finds her fucking beat up in her shed, like for the first time. It's just like, oh shit. Yeah. Um, because no, I want to say, because he's always looking for her. Like he he doesn't want to be too far away from her at any given time, outside of like overnight. Uh, for now, anyway. But uh, he heads over to her house and basically just to check up on her, and uh, he finds her beat to beat to shit in her house or in her shed. Yeah, in the shed. And in the snow, yeah. like. Uh, yeah. And then Chris, we get to meet the worst mother in anime history. Oh right, uh, we go from fucking from first to worst. Lady's a piece of work. She is a piece of shit. Yeah, Ak- like Akimi is her mother's name. Um, yeah, very, well, she sucks. Very abusive. Um, just yeah. a piece of shit. Um, it's just she's not only is she abusive. She's not just physically abusive. She's also like mentally abusive, and just just a real piece of shit. And of course, it's one of those things that like Tara wants to say something, and it's just like the mom's just like, "What are you gonna do?" one's gonna believe a kid you know that kind of thing and just it just basically just kind of has to hold his tongue and um but you know she she gets her comeuppance later yeah so she's kind of on the suspect list but like us as the viewer we know this is just a this is trying to defer us off of the teacher right the classic misdirection um but also too um i want to say oh man i was just going somewhere there was something i was going with this uh shit 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 i just had it um so she typically gets beat on the weekends and she's all she's never in school on monday i'm talking about kayo she's always and you find out she's always absent on monday mm-hmm. yep yeah i actually forgot about that little detail um mm-hmm. yeah so the next day at school sataro goes to his teacher uh gaku yashiro and oh. he basically he, killer um <laughs> yeah he basically has kind of talked to him about kaya and like He's like, yeah, I know she's been... I've been suspecting her being abused by her mother for almost a year. Mm-hmm. He's like, but I don't have the proof to be able to, like, you know, like, convict her and all this stuff. Yeah, to get to get the to get child services coming down on her. Yeah. Um, and, then, and then we got, like, the, the, the lunchtime incident here where, um... I want to say, what do they... They, like, order a bunch of curry or something for the class, and they collect lunch money from everybody? Yeah, um, and, like, and... The, the bitchy girl in class, like, accuses... Oh right. yeah, what's her name? Begins with an S. Uh, uh, um, man. <clears throat> no, let me see if I can find it. The Tommy Saito. What's it? What is it? Don't remember that girl's name. Let me. Yeah, I want to say it's like Saitami or something, something along those lines. Um, basically, um, and, and this is such a great moment because um, Kayo and Sataru are collecting the lunch money from everybody, and. I, uh, Sataru has this moment where, like, uh, the money was in his desk, and he's like, "I what the fuck? Like, why would a 29-year-old man put this money in his child's school desk?" He was like, "What the hell was I thinking?" He's like, "You would think uh, you would think somebody my age would know better." Um, but basically, th- this girl um accused because the lunch money is Misato, by the way. Misato. Okay, I I was close. No, I wasn't. <laughs> that was close enough. Close enough. Yeah. Sato. Yeah. But anyway, the money goes missing, and Masato just immediately was like, it was Kayo. Just immediately accuses her of it. And uh, 
nope, nobody's fighting her on it. But until like, like Sataru is just like, she didn't take it at all. Like just really like stands up and like makes the whole class like, like whoa, what's going on? And even the teacher is like, she couldn't have stole it. She was collecting the money with him and basically just squashes it the whole time. And I was thinking at this point, I was like, it better still fucking be the teacher. He's too smooth and too clean. Yeah. I like, like not be the killer. But I was like, I can see, but I was like, okay, well, I mean, it's good with the kids, but that's part, you know, like I'm in my head. I'm still like, I got my clipboard, man. I'm just like, he's still the fucking killer. And these are those misdirections they're trying to throw at us, right? Um, yep, the classic. Yeah, and then him and Kayo, they head off to... He, like, takes her to this, like, like tree um, where you can, like, see the sky really well. Um, kind of just, you know, helping build their, their relationship, their friendship. Um, becoming better friends with her. You know, he's stuck up for her in class. And, um, and one of the... Th- I like what he does here going into the next episode. He wants to... Since he knows she gets beat over the weekends like well let me invite her out and uh, he tells his mom he's like you know i've got a date on saturday or i'm going out on saturday and she's like oh do you have a date and he's first he's like no and he's like yeah i have a date um so a date to the science center (laughs) yeah yeah fucking nail it and then uh, i want to say they actually go over to kayo's house and sachiko actually sees how shitty her mom is to kayo that make and that makes sachiko want Kayo to go with Sitaru just even more to this science fair. Yeah. Um, we also kind of get a little, little some deja vu moments here at the science museum or the, the science fair, wherever it is they're at, uh, science center, because some of the things that happened, he's remembering. Oh shit, did this happen already? What ha-? you know? Wait a minute, wait a minute. But he, then he starts remembering. He's like, oh no, wait, I was here by myself last time. I ran into her here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he, he knows this is different, so he thinks he's changed the timelines, essentially. Yeah. Um, and I want to say they, they have the... Um, they have the birthday party. The this is where they have day. the birthday party. Yeah, 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 yeah. The next day is the birthday party, um, which is really cool, because um, all the friends are over. They do a little surprise party, because the friends were, I want to say, we're going we're gonna to hang out with them after school. Oh, yeah, no, that's right. When they, at, at the end of school, the teacher was like, hey, y'all have cleaning duty, talking to Kayo and um, Sataru, and the friends bailed on him. But what they realized later was they were planning the surprise party with Sachiko for both of them. Yeah, so the the, the fr- this is what kind of cleared the friends for me. I was pretty, I was like, okay, none of them are bad. Um, yeah, they they have like a little surprise birthday party for both of them, and uh, you know, Sataro's pretty. He's pretty positive that he's changed history. He saved Kayo because she, you know, because it's the next day. It's yeah, it's she... March second now or May second, March second. Yeah, yeah, March second. Um, but of course, Chris. The next day, they go to school, and Kyle there. is absent. And this kind of just rolls right into the next episode. So he's pissed. You know, he thought he was able to make a difference. Um, yep. Then, then, then the next, then after what happens here, um, so Kyle's disappeared. Several days have gone by, and now the other girl. Um, what? Uh, what is her name? Um, uh, she's from the other school. She has a she. Has kind of a name a. that kind of Ayanaki, Ami Ayanaki, or something like that. Yeah, something like that. Something close to that. Yeah, yeah and she's from another school, so she disappears. Um, and then you also notice, I want to say, um, uh, um, 
he he also notices uh Kaio's mom or uh, Akimi just throwing her shit out. Oh yeah, because he and, sees um, like the trash bag with like her gloves in it, like uh yeah. Aya's mittens or whatever they're called. Um, and in this episode, well, I guess whatever happened, this revival dent wears off, and now he's back in the present day, still fucking on the run from the cops. He, I want to say he pops up like right outside his apartment where the cops were still like looking for him yeah we kind of jump back to present day um Mm -hmm. and he ends up meeting with uh Uh, the girl the uh uh, irie the the girl he works with yeah he also meets up with one of his school buddies he's like the bigger kid it's, it's, it's it's the manager it's the manager from the pizza place okay that okay this is what i was confused about i couldn't i I thought it was i thought it was the kid too but it's definitely not him um it is the the, uh yeah i want to say this is the the manager from the pizza place is not is not his friend from school that's right because at this point he doesn't know about the news he hasn't seen the news yet and he leaves to go get like beer that's right yeah this guy's a goof because he's like oh yeah you can stay here as long as you want and uh because yeah he doesn't know and then um i want to say i want to say he leaves to go get beer And then, yeah. and then the cops are outside, like looking for him, looking for yeah. um, Sataru. So Sataru like looks outside the window, realizes, he, okay, not safe here. He starts running off, and then he runs into Irie, his coworker from the pizza joint, the seventeen-year-old girl, and she she kind of sticks up for him. She's like, you know, I know you she, didn't do it because because she, she got invited to dinner. I forgot about that. Like in the earlier episode, before he jumped back and before the mom was mm-hmm. uh, mom got killed, it was after the grocery store incident. She got invited over for for dinner that night, and that was part of her reasoning here. She's like, I saw the way you know, I saw the way you and your mom were the other night. There is no way you would kill her, right? Yeah, and so she sticks up for him. She lets him stay at at her place. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe this is where we get the backstory on her, like why she trusts him. Can't remember if, if it's here or later on, but I'll, I'll go ahead. Um, and... and we can talk about it here. It's fine. Yeah, we'll go ahead and just talk about it here. Um, it might be at the later part, but either way, uh, Chris, this is the worst backstory in uh, character history, probably. The, the old fuck, the old fucking chocolate bar caper, man. Chris, I laughed like verbally out loud at my TV when when she told her backstory that like the reason her parents split up is her and her dad were at the grocery store. And her dad was accused of stealing a candy bar. Yeah, just a fucking Hershey special dark man. Nothing crazy. <laughs> yeah, nothing crazy. And the entire town turned against him. And his wife <laughs> didn't believe him. <laughs> like, and so he left. Like, he like got a divorce and left his child behind. And, like... You know, <laughs> I'm, I'm also pretty certain that if your wife is divorcing you for being accused of stealing a candy bar... Your marriage probably wasn't shit to begin with. Yeah, like it... Throwing that out there. Yeah, yeah. 100%. And they try, this anime tries to, like, have a redemption art for the mom. No. You don't believe your husband yeah. for when he says he didn't steal a candy bar? And... I- I'm pretty sure if my wife came home and said, hey, man, the fucking 7-Eleven just accused me of stealing a candy bar, I'd be like, the fucking nerve of them. Yeah. Let's get to the bottom of this. Yeah, I'm never buying a Slurpee again. <laughs> like, yeah, they they can just fuck right off. Let's, uh, you're not going to be like give them a piece of my mind. You're not going to be like get out, <laughs> leave this That's family like, alone. <laughs> like, I'm I'm taking I'm taking the children and going to mom's for a while. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. it is just ever so dumb. Um, it was it was pretty stupid. But the, the he said all that to basically say that she she knows what it's like for somebody to be accused of something and nobody believe them and. 
she's just using basically her gut feeling, her intuition. But he's okay. Now, what the next morning, because he crashes there overnight, the next morning she gets up and goes to work. She's like, hey, I'm, I'm trying to like keep everything, you know, trying to keep a normal schedule, not trying to let anybody think that you're here with me. So I, she went to work. And while she's at work, manager is in the back talking to somebody who you also immediately realize is the killer because they're not showing his face. You see the black suit and it's like, okay, well, this is the killer in present day. So here we are. Um, they're making it very clear. And then, of course, they're talking politics. It's like, oh, shit, is this guy like a, like a senator or a councilman or something like that? So you're like, okay, well, this guy is in a position of power. So no wonder he's able to. So then I'm thinking, okay, well, is this, maybe it's not the teacher. Um, just because it's like, uh, this, is, this is where I started to doubt that it's, I was like, okay, this guy's in an in, in office somewhere. Um, but then I was like, it's 20 years later. It's still the fucking teacher. Like, logic set in. And I was like, no, nah, it's totally the teacher still. But anyway... She's leaving, and she has, like, leftover pizza that she's taking home. And, and the manager's like, oh, you, you, if you want a fresh pizza, go make you one. It's on me. And she's like, no, nah, this will be fine for, you know, for my friend. It's for a friend. And I guess when she's leaving, that's when the, the, the killer, who's like, well, I should be heading out myself, basically, like, not follows her, but sees the direction she's going. And you're like, okay, well, he fucking knows what's up and who the, you know, who the friend is. Yeah, and even, like, the manager guy, he, like, kind of stalks her a little bit, and she ends up decking him in the face because yeah th she thinks that he's like looking out for satoru but he's not either he's he you know he's kind of a he's kind of a piece because uh that's right because he chases her down on the fucking on his little fucking scooter and is like oh hey you forgot the rest of the promotion like gives her i guess i don't know if it's a so a six pack of soda or whatever the fuck he gives her and uh you know basically like you know we're in this together if you know if, you know we're, we're gonna protect him you know if you see him let me know he follows her home and call, gets ready to call the police, and she like breaks his phone and punches him in the fucking mouth. <laughs> yeah, it gives gives him a nice piece. Um, but unfortunately for our boy Satoru, he's got to run away again. He's got to like hide under this bridge. Um, and this is where we get the uh, this is where we get the yeah. backstory while they're hanging out under the bridge. But either way, it's no matter where where the story gets told, it's fucking stupid. Um, yeah, we get the that, Patrick that truly. We get the Patrick and SpongeBob. You. You ate my candy bar? <laughs> you ate my only food. <laughs> like that the town turned against him. <laughs> right, yeah, and this is this is probably the only like stupid part of the series. I if there was any part that I could have done without it was that. Chocolate bar? Um, yeah. The yeah. chocolate bar part was stupid. Yeah, but, and um, so um Irie's looking out for Satoru and she heads back to her uncle and aunt's place where she's staying at. Um to you know, grab him a change of clothes. And while she leaves to grab him a change of clothes, she gets a text on her phone from Satoru's mom. Mm -hmm. um, which obviously, like, she knows Satoru doesn't have the phone. Like, the kit, this must be the killer. And he basically says, mm -hmm. like, I want to say he says, like, stay right where you are or something like that. Um, and then, of course, we see, like, the smoke billowing in through the room. The house is on fire. Yep. So she's trapped in a house fire. And also, too, one thing we forgot to mention, uh, while Irie was at work, uh, Sataro was looking up information on the murders, and some sl things were slightly different, mostly dates and times, real superficial stuff. But he did realize that some changes were made. Yeah, and that like book that time. he had let Irie use or borrow or something, there were like changes to how like Hayo's kidnapping was and things like that. So he he knows he can change the past or like you know change the past, change the future. 
Um, because I want to say the date was changed from March 1st to March 3rd. So he's like, okay, well, fuck. I guess, uh, I guess I just need to try harder next time. I need to just stay with her, that kind of thing. Um, of course, back to where we're at now with the um, the house fire. So, of course, um, he gets back there. He, I want to say, um, bu- 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 he runs in to try to save her while, like, you know, while people are, while, like, the police and everybody are still arriving at the scene. Uh, he runs in. He runs in. Uh, he, he finds her. Uh, he, he's, like, weak as shit. I don't know why. I guess you're a manga artist. You can't lift up a 17-year-old mm-hmm. girl. Um, he's just... He's just pathetic. Um, you know, it could be because he's been running from the cops these last couple of days. But, yeah, you know. that's right. That's right. He's uh, and that's right because then the man. I I got. I was getting my wires crossed. Then the the manager comes in. Basically, is like, hey, I'll 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 take her from here. And he, the manager, tells him, hey, head out the back. It's fine. I got her. Yeah. So the manager giving comes him. back to being one of the good guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He uh, he. Dev- I think he realized he fucked up and is just trying to make amends, which is fine. I get it. You know, hey, I- I'm all about a redemption arc for people. Yeah, and Irie, Irie slips her phone in his pocket, so he yes, has a phone yes. to use. Um, and so, you know, she gets out of there, he gets out of there, gets away from the cops, and he calls a number that his mother left behind. Uh, and and it's her old, uh, his old report, her old reporter partner, my man Sawada. Yeah, Sawada, yeah. And uh, basically he had received, like, a call and a text from his mom um, saying that, like, he knows who the, or she knows who the true kidnapper is, um, but... Mm-hmm. You know, meet me at this place, and obviously she was killed before she could, you know, relay the information to Sawada. Uh, and Sawada's always believed that uh, Yuki wasn't the killer; that there was a real, like, some other killer that was out there. Obviously, that we had the nearby town where there was, you know, the same kind of situation happened. Uh, he's basically like, <laughs> he's basically got like the 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 board with the pins and the and the yarn going between oh, yeah. them, and he's like, you know, he's like, and you know, there is no Carol in HR. You know, he's got boxes full of Pepe Silva up there, so he so he know he knows what's up, and he um I want to say he he leaves to go visit Irie in the hospital, um recovering from I guess the smoke inhalation or from you know from the fire, and uh, um Sataru's there, he's just kind of clicking away at some of his notes, and you know he's seeing like lists of suspects from previous um you know from the previous incident and things like that, so he's just kind of going over everything. Yeah, and of course, Sawada goes to the hospital, um, only to to meet Irie's mother. Uh, Ma- Mama Dukes has shown up to body swap with her daughter, um, so she can go. Uh, so basically, she can go warn uh, Sataru. Yeah, um, and this is where they try to like make Mom look like a decent human. Uh, yeah, she still accused her husband of stealing that chocolate bar, so we'll never. Yeah, and she's like, "I should have never left your husband. I should have ever." It's like, "You bitch, you say you, that now, huh?" You absolute bitch over a fucking. Candy bar. Right. Oh, you, st- you shouldn't have stole that O. Henry. Get out of here. <laughs> the old Babe Ruth or whatever the hell it was. Right. Probably a Heath That's bar, right. Chris. Was... <laughs> yeah, like the like if you're gonna if you're gonna steal a candy bar, like steal a fucking good one, man. Get a Snickers in there, a Milky Way, just, just uh, some peanut butter or something. something. <laughs> That's right. Something that's got some 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 substance to it. Not a fucking Heath bar that'll break your damn teeth. Uh, <laughs> but. Charleston Chew or something. You know. Oh man! <laughs> well, how about the old whatchamacallit? That's a classic. That's one worth stealing, isn't it? <laughs> Absolutely. But, There's um, a whatchamacallit and a thingamajig. Those are actual candy bars. Real life candy bars. Um, let's see. It's okay, because 
Well, Ari and Sataru meet back up. That's right. I want to say they, they meet back at the uh, at the bridge, or she catches up with him back at the bridge, but she doesn't realize that the police actually followed her there. Yeah, Chris, as soon as and, he said, uh, I made sure no one followed me, I'm like, Oh yeah, the cops. Is this are your first there. murder mystery? <laughs> like, come on. Ah, uh, damn it! Oh yeah, I was like, I was like, the cops are showing up. They're gonna come out of the little fucking canal and just cuff him up. And sure as God's got sandals, Cody, they come, they come around the corner with like the fucking things, like they're catching a dog, yeah. the giant pinchers <laughs> to like wrap around. I was like, what the fuck are they doing? Yeah, they it's show up with the fucking control. pooper scooper fucking things. All big fucking like <laughs> pinchers. Like, what are they gonna do? Fucking tie him up with those? I, I was dying. <laughs> but um. So the cops cuff him, and of course, Irie's just livid. She's just like, I'm so sorry. I didn't know. This wasn't my fault. It's not how, yeah, I, I didn't know they fought, you know, really like just pouring it all out. And of course, he tries to play it cool, and he's like, it wasn't your fault, you know. So he's just like, and um, yeah. trying to be real cool, like the superhero Wonder Man or whatever his name is that he loves. Um, but as he's being, car- as he's being carted away to the clink, sees an, under an umbrella, he sees the fucking killer standing out there. By golly, Chris, that's Muzan Kibutsuji. By God! By <laughs> God! Under the fedora. <laughs> Stop the damn match! <laughs> and, uh, you know, he, he realizes this is this is the murderer. He knows it. Um, and this is he, where... He begs, he's screaming, he's like, Leo, let me go back! Yeah, let and, me go back! And this is where I kind of, like, go, okay. Like, this is just gonna... He gets to keep doing this until he gets the good ending. Um, exactly so it's almost like if you're doing one of those like choose your adventure goosebumps book as a kid exactly and you get to the part where you're like oh you got eaten by the monster and you're like oh shit let me go back let's let's go left let's go left instead of going right right. (laughs) we're gonna survive this thing Uh, you know just so you can brag to your friends that you you made it all the way through i got it on the first go yeah yeah okay dude (laughs) like you're a fucking liar like when people say they got the wordle word of the day on the first on the first try you know it's it's, you're full of shit you're full of shit but you know it's okay exactly um exactly but he 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 successfully uh gets his revival to work and now he's back basically where he started february 28th 1998 chris my birthday Um, oh man five years before my birthday but you know it was february 28th i was like damn look at that Oh, that's the connection. There, there it is, Cody. See, I knew it. I knew you were connected to this somehow. <laughs> that's right. But, but anywho, so, um, birthdays aside, which, uh, by the way, man, uh, your birthday's coming up. Happy early birthday. How the fuck did I not put two and two together? I'm some ace detective I am. Yeah, Chris, that's why I'm going to Omaha for this Final Fantasy concert this weekend. It's going to be great. Oh, have a, man, well, we're going to have to drink to your birthday in Orlando, that's for sure. Oh, absolutely. Chris, it's my last Thursday of being 28 years old. It's, uh, oh man, I'd kill to be twenty-eight again. I believe isn't this like my is this my golden birthday? Isn't that what they call these things? Uh, maybe twenty-eighth on the twenty-eighth. Mm. Uh, no, yeah, I think that's what they call them. That's what the chicks call them these days. You know, mm. I I think I at least deserve a shot, you know, in the house or something when I get oh, there. Man, but man, well, then, then, uh, well fir- first one's on me. Clearly, <laughs> clearly, first drinks on me. Yes. Yeah, um, so, so our boy, he gets he gets teleported back. Uh, you know, 18 years, February 28th, and, um... And this is where Kenya's a little more, a little more in tune of what's going on. You know, Kenya talks, uh, to Sitaru about Kayo, um, and, you know, and this is basically where Kenya is like, hey, man, I'm down to help. You know, superheroes need sidekicks. Let's do the damn thing. So, they, um, 
So they, they kind of start doing the same thing again. Uh, they're looking out for Kayo. They, um, you know, they, they, be, they become friends. They're, they basically become her protector. And then, you know, the same thing happens. They have the, uh, the night, the, the birthday party, mm-hmm. but Sotaru's doing things to try to prevent, um, the mur- like, you know, like, uh, for Yuki, he like goes and throws a fucking rock through his dad's window. Like he flattens the tires on his dad's truck, like trying to keep his dad's truck, which was basically the big piece of evidence as to how Yuki got caught or what linked him to these murders or yeah. part of it. And there was, there was a brief moment where they tried to defer us with Yuki's dad being the killer because his truck was yep. like, I don't know if it was seen mm-hmm. at the scene or whatever it was. But... It was, yeah, it was seen at the scene. Yeah. yeah. We, 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 we looked right over that. We weren't distracted by that. Um, yep. Yeah. Basically, and this happens provided... after the birthday party. Yeah. He ba- or during the birthday party. Remember, he leaves. Yeah, because he he like, he he leaves, and and the mom's like, "Where are you going? Oh, I gotta run back to school." Which I guess that's normal for a sixth grader at like seven o'clock at night. I gotta go back <laughs> the, to school in the middle yeah, of the how about snow. Fuck that. Yeah. <laughs> My mom would be like, that? "Get your ass back in here." What the fuck? Are you I doing? didn't want. I didn't want to be there. That's right. I don't want to be at school during business hours. Why the fuck would I want to be there after hours? I don't so, care. I will say, in school, there was always something weird about being in school. It just it just hit different. It was a different vibe when you were whenever you had to go to school outside of school hours. It was oh, just something weird. It was like cool. Like it was almost like yeah. Like whoa, this is the this is the third floor. This is what it looked like. I don't know. Yeah, it's just, <laughs> yeah. Like it's that. a very different vibe for sure. Um, but, but yeah, he he flattens the tires. He just tries to take everybody out. Like he also, dude, he goes to fucking like the next level. He goes to go. He's trying to go push Kaio's mom down the fucking stairs. He's ready to just murder her and Dude. end her life. Yeah, and if it wouldn't be for Kenya, Kenya sta- saves her or stops him from you know pushing her down the steps. But I kind of wanted to. Kenya was like, I mean, why, why don't we just push her down the steps this time and then yeah, I, you know, I wanted go back. Kenya to show up and be like, put your back into it. You know, yeah. really give her. You know, really give her a good show. <laughs> just give her the three D. Fucking get the tables. That's right. You know? <laughs> That's right. Um, <laughs> Kenny just goes for the legs, and he just fucking... But, uh... Poetry in motion down the stairs would have been great. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you can always yell, and you'll get sent back in time anyhow. Um, exactly, exactly. The way this Groundhog Day plot goes, but... Um, you know, right. Kenya stops him and convinces him, you know, there's an easier way, for, there's a better way for us to do this. Um, and so they kind of come up with this plan where they're gonna... Uh, they're just gonna kidnap her. Yeah, they're gonna kidnap Caillou with her permission, and hide her oh. in the old hockey bus. Um, yeah, where where one of the victims was found in a mm-hmm. previous timeline. Right. They're going to hide her out Which there for a few really days. Cool. Um, make sure she can make it through and all this stuff. Um, and, you know, they got her, like, set up with, like, a like a stove, and, like, they're bringing her food, and, you know, she's got blankets. Yeah. She's got a oh, and, and, nice little setup. By the setup. way, exactly, and we're, we're, we're skipping, uh, or I guess we're, we haven't touched on it yet, because now it's more important. One of the other kids that they hang out with, I cannot remember his name, uh, the young one that I thought was a girl, until they told you that Chris. he was, he was... Yeah. I, I don't know why animes have to, like, mess with us and, like, try to throw us off course, because yeah. I really thought this was a girl, until yeah. we get to when they're growing up, and it's like, that's, that was a guy? Mm-hmm. Hiromi is... Hiromi. Well, that's important because Hiromi actually ended up getting kidnapped as well because the kidnapper thought Hiromi was a girl. I'm with the kidnapper here. Like, I I, had me fooled. (laughs) Yeah. You hate to say that out loud, but, you know, here we are. (laughs) Yeah. And and that's what and that's what happened. And but this bus that they took her to hide out, that is where they found Hiromi's body 
initially. Mm-hmm. Which makes sense because, you know, they, they, they're giving her all the accoutrement that, you know, they got books and food and, you know, they all come to visit her during the day and during the evening. You know, they're making sure that she's taken care of. But on one of the nights on March 3rd, uh, somebody actually who we assume is the killer comes to the bus and seems pretty pissed off. Yeah, there's something. I guess he he realizes that the person he was trying to kidnap was not where they were supposed to be. It comes to his little his little kill wagon and kicks one of the things, leaves a backpack there, just really just has a fucking meltdown. And then, it kicks a box, leaves the entire bag of evidence. <laughs> right, right, and all the sketchy the, things that seen... would, all the sketchy things that would make like a fucking and a perfect footprint on this box, by the way. Oh yeah, perfect. Did he fucking dip his foot in, like, ink before he kicked the box? <laughs> he might as well have. Um, yeah, Kyle manages to hide from him, and then he ends up leaving. Um, of course, you know, they end the episode right when he walks in, and so, like, he, he really builds the anticipation. Um, and, and then the, um, and then, so also while that's going on, um, you know, now Kyle's been missing for a few days, and the teacher wants to get Child Protective Services involved uh, with Kyle's parents. Because, you know, maybe there was an abduction. But also, too, Io's parents haven't really done shit. Like, they haven't really reported it. They haven't, like, they haven't done it. Like, they do not, or the mom and the boyfriend do not give a fuck that she is missing. Yeah, because they're just living their regular life. Like, Well, they don't give a shit. They're out drinking and whoring about, you know, whatever there it is that they do. Um, so... So that's going on, but then also, um, you know, the kids go check on Kayo in the morning, and she's like, hey, somebody, can, you know, somebody was in here, and then they find the fucking kill bag with the tape and the, the, the boots, boots and yep. yeah, oh, the fucking candlestick and the rope and all the <laughs> fucking clue, all the clue items in the bag, and um, so... I want to say, you know, they, they, um, and also inside of that, there's like a, like a charcoal stove, basically like this is, um they realize that these items in in this bus belonging to the killer mean you know Satara realizes that they're not out of this yet you know these these murders and kidnappings can still very much happen so what they do is they're like okay well we can't stay here anymore because this is where the killer fucking shows up so all up mama dude chris dude fucking mom of the year baby they're like can she spend the night here and i actually got really pissed here because um, she stays the night, but then, like, she calls the teacher, and she's like, hey, I was okay. You know, she's been with my son. You know, my son's been hiding her. And she calls the teacher, and I'm like, no! <laughs> Mama Duke's no! fucked up. <laughs> I was so mad. I was like, of all the people you could call. And then, of course, they're like, the teacher's like, well, let's meet here at 7. And I'm like, oh, my God, he's going to kill the mom in the past. And I was like, oh, my God, this is going to end up so bad. But we're actually meeting to take Kayo back home. So, and he was going to bring in, he actually brought child protective services out with it. This is going into episode nine, mind you. Yeah. They call in child protective services to basically witness Kayo's mom being a total piece of shit. Yeah. Which is just another, they're, they're trying to get us off of this teacher's trail. Chris. They're just, they're trying their hardest. And yeah. we're not buying it. Like we are not buying yeah, it. And, uh, and then of course we get a sob story that, uh, you know, the grandma was, you know, she was the the you know the mom was dating a, you know just a terrible person and grand just really milking like the yeah. family tree yeah. tragedy and like <laughs> and like Kyo and like the like they're not buying this shit for a second but long story short 
they they go ahead and take Kayo into in, into into custody. She goes actually stays with her grandma like in another town. So she's she's gone from this school. Um, yeah, so Kairu and, is Kayo has basically been saved. Oh. Yeah, she she's out of the loop. She's gone, and like have this moment where Sataru is like really looking up to the teacher like man you know like he, he almost looks at him as like a father figure at this point and but we're looking at him it, like a fucking murderer like, <laughs> like like oh my god like now like he can just go get her whenever he wants <laughs> it's the chocolate bar she is the chocolate <laughs> bar he can go get her whenever she whenever he wants but yeah but that never happens which is great yeah so Sataru kind of turns his attention to Hiromi and Aya Nakanishi. And Nakanishi. That I knew yeah. it was something like that. But uh yeah, so basically um he, you know he yeah, he he switches gears like well now since she's off the table, let me protect the other two. So basically he becomes super close with Hiromi. Um and you know, Nakanishi's at another school, so he's basically just kinda like following her around, trying to get to know her. Um so yeah, he's almost like stalking her at one point. Um Yeah. Not in like a creepy way, like in a protective way, which you know sounds like an excuse, but you know, if you saw the show, you'd understand what I'm saying. Um, but actually, his mother happens to be at the grocery store, like, across the street, and needs help carrying some stuff. And then, oh. con- conveniently, here comes Yashiro, his teacher, giving him and his and mom a ride home. And offers them a ride home. Which, oh. uh, but then, of course, like, they open, you know, while they're they're sitting there talking, they're having a good time, and, uh, you, know, he, you know, he hits the glove box. Um, <laughs> uh, he, um, Sataru hits the glove box, and it is just, it is just a fucking rapey kidnappers paradise in there dude it is full of dum-dums and bubble yum and fucking blow pops like all the best lollipops and it's just like what the <laughs> fuck and i mean now granted he has a really good reason for it he's just like oh yeah I'm, I'm quitting smoking and every time i get a fucking craving i gotta jam a few of these things in my mouth so I literally, it was like, yeah, bullshit. <laughs> dude, I was like, the smoking gun. There it is, dude. Yeah. I was like, fucking, get your handcuffs out, mom. Fucking, fucking book them. <laughs> yeah, like, and, but you know, like, he doesn't have the proof yet, I guess. Um, And obviously, yep. so it's. And I was just like, okay, well, that, that fucking, see, if, if you hadn't, if it hadn't sealed the deal yet, that did. Though, granted, they did a really good job of making, like, it seem natural that it was just like, oh, yeah, I quit smoking. I really fucking need these lollipops. It's all I've got. And also, too, I'll, at this point in the show, Cody, if you look in, like, the background, if you start looking at his interactions with other children, he's, like, talking to other girls, and, like, they're like, oh, let's, you know, like, and they're spending a lot more time with him, like, the kids in his class are spending, so it's, like, these, like, small little background conversations with him are going on. Oh, yeah, I um, thought he was gonna kidnap the girl who accused Caillou of stealing the lunch money. I did, too. I did, too. Um, which was a really cool, she was kind of a pawn in this whole thing to begin with, but also, too, so... After that, uh, Sataru and Kenya they, and Hiromi, they all go back to, you know, the bus and they find that everything is gone. Like the, the, the fucking kill bag, all of the, uh, items were missing from the, uh, from the bus, the, yeah. from the bus. Yeah. So getting into the next episode, this is where they all kind of approach, uh, Nakanishi. Um, and she, she's kind of like y'all, she's like a, she plays, she's very like snooty. She's like a prodigy. She plays the piano. She's in like all the advanced classes. She plays like the violin or whatever the fuck she does. You know, she's, yeah, she's, she's not, you know, she, she's not interested in these kids hideout, even though they're older. Yeah, than that's for children. And the kids are like, uh, how about fuck you? A hideout's awesome. And I guess she ends up liking one of the, the, the big dumb kid who's like, what are you yeah. talking about? A hideout's awesome. Yeah. I, I, I gotta, I gotta figure out that kid's name. Yeah. 
I feel like it begins with a Y. Yuko or something. I don't know. Because they end up growing close, and then, like, he kind of protects her. Yeah. So so that uh, Sotaro can protect Hiromi. Exactly. Um, So then also, too, I want to say... Oh uh, yeah, then, then then this is where he starts realizing that like Masato has been very different since the uh the day of the you know, the lunch money incident, and she's just kind of isolated herself. And he's like, "Oh shit, she's like the perfect victim now. There's nobody's watching her. She's by by herself. I need to keep an eye on her." Um, and then I want to say she ends up going to the hockey game, and he follows her there and sees her. Mm-hmm. Um, and she ends up going to the bathroom, which I love the 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 whole plot line when it gets revealed here. Um, and while he goes to the bathroom, she's been in there for a while, and he sees uh, King um, Shiro coming out of, like, from outside, like a side door, and uh, he's got, like, a lollipop stick in his mouth, and he's like, you know, I just went out, went out for a drag or whatever, or, like, you know, it's a, I, I should, you know, has, like a, like, a one-liner to say, and he pops his head outside, and he's like, did, uh, did, um, did Masato come through here? And he's like, I don't know. And he sees Yuki's dad's truck. So... Of course, Yuki's dad's truck is just passing by. But... Of course, because he was dropping and... stuff off at the at the stadium for the at the rink for the game. Yep, and uh, and so you know, this kind of puts Ataru on Yuki's dad might be the, the killer again. Yeah. Maybe he has Masato he's in like, his truck, and he's like, he's like, hey. can we follow the truck? We got to follow this truck. Yeah, and Yashiro's like, yeah, sure. They hop in the car. Then of course he. Which of course I thought this part was really kind of dumb too, because you're like, oh yeah, we, you know, us kids, we just like to, we just like to pretend that someone's a kidnapper, and we just try to, you know, uncover it. We like to play detective. I was like, that's the stupidest fucking game I've ever heard anybody say. Yeah, and they even like, dude, they do it up real big, like the seatbelt. Like he's like, yeah, I gotta get that seatbelt fixed. I'm like, and this it, is where you gotta get is... the fuck out of this car. <laughs> right, you need to not buckle that seatbelt and open that door and tuck and roll onto that street. Because this is where the the cat is out of the bag, and we find out that uh, you know, um, Sato is actually still at the stadium. She was just taking a shit. Because also, what happened too when they're in the car, he opens up the glove box because he wants like he wants like a lollipop or something. All that's in there is a thing of laxatives. Oh yeah, and uh, that's when it's like, oh no. Yashiro uh, reveals so- the whole fucking plan. So yeah, basically he uh, he told Masato to, to meet him at the hockey game, knowing it was going to lure. It, because he started he started to realize that Masataru was everywhere he was trying to be. He was like fucking American Express man, <laughs> and uh, he he was showing. He was just like he was just starting to wonder like how am I being outsmarted by this kid? Um. So basically he set up the he set the fucking Home Alone trap. Told Masato to come there. Basically laced her her hot chocolate or whatever she had with this laxative. She went to the bathroom, knowing he would follow. Or once he, once sorry, once Sataru showed up at the hockey rink, he knew that he was aware that Sataru knew that he was the killer, or that he was on. He at least he thought he was on to him. So then he timed it to where Yuki Yuki's dad's truck was going by. So you know, putting him at the scene if somebody was going to disappear. So. Like everything just worked itself out to he you know he's clearly a professional at this and he was just really like you know I don't know how you've been doing it but this ends now like I I'm you're not getting out of here you're you're going to die here um but as he you know he, he's locked in the car and he goes ahead and he, he pushes the car that he clearly stole 
um, into the frozen lake. And like one of Sitara's, like he says, uh, basically he says, I, I know your future. I've seen your future. And I guess that's kind of where the episode ends. And we're going to basically the, you know, wrapping this thing up here. Now we're back in 2003 and we are not in the same timeline here where Sitaru has been in a coma for 15 years after the attempt on his life. Yeah, so it seems like he was saved. He was saved somehow. Um, yep. But you know, he and he's uh, he, he's somehow alive. You know, he's been in a coma, obviously, mm-hmm. like you said, for fifteen years. His mom has been like keeping his body in like physically like good shape because she's been like fucking stretching it, doing exercises. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. Basically, just using those little like those whatever those things that that send like the pulses to your muscles to do like isometric exercises and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um. There's a lot of really cool stuff happening here, and all the all his friends are grown up. And this is where I was talking about we uh, we, you know, he's going through his rehab, and um, I want to say the first people that visit him are, um, Kenya and Hiromi. Uh, Kenya's grown up to be a lawyer. Hiromi's grown up to be a doctor. But then after rehab, Kayo comes to visit him. But also keep in mind, uh, the mom when Kayo and Hiromi come to visit, the mom is like, "Don't bring up what happened 15 years ago. Like, you know, just you know, keep it on the hush. Let's just." Let's just talk and let's just, you know, keep it, keep it positive, right? Positive vibes only. Yeah. Um, Kayo shows up. She's got a kid. Like this was such, this was, might be my favorite scene. Like she's alive. Oh, you know, he did it. He saved her and she ended up with Hiromi. I thought that was so fucking cool that two of these victims, not only did they survive because of him, he brought a child into the world. Yeah, which oh, I, I would like, like you, I thought was awesome. This is like one like, of the biggest complaints amazing. of the show, and I'm like, like that people have online, and I'm like, have you ever watched Fuck something them. that wasn't just like fucking like the most basic story in the world? Like, it was so awesome that the two two lives that he saved created a child that wasn't supposed to be there. Like that's a like that's a miracle child, right? Yeah, what a it like, was. What a huge moment for our main character here. Like, everybody's like, oh, but he was supposed to end up with... No. He he wasn't. he wasn't. Yeah, and the fact that he basically gave up his entire life up to this point to save these children. Two of them who who were dead, who never got a life, created a life. I I was like, this is... This was when I was like, this is an amazing show. Like, the, the the, the murder mystery was cool, but this was like awesome yeah and i'm so glad that that's how it ended up i'm so i would have been pissed if he would have ended up with uh with sataru if if kayo would have ended up with sataru i'd have been so pissed yeah and obviously he's like overwhelmed with emotion by this like he's crying oh, like he's man super stoked about i was it. tearing up because i was like this is awesome um yeah and uh, also too there's also a character. I was gonna say there's a character that's kind of lingering, kind of lurking in the background here. A young girl named Kumi, yeah, um, the, the who young basically gr- ha- has leukemia and she's got surgery go- coming up soon. Yeah, and basically Sitaro's like, you know, he's going through his physical therapy, relearning how to walk. You know, he's starting to get some of his memories back, but not all of them. And so he kind of mm-hmm. he basically befriends Kumi, and like they they they've obviously been staying in the same hospital for. For him, it's been years, basically. Um, for her, it's been months. Um, and you know, like you said, she's about to go undergo surgery. I think it's a blood transfusion is what she's having. Uh, yes. 
Um, and then um, we we also uh, our our killer has made his triumphant return. Um, who is as as you know they kind of call back to the earlier episodes. Um, the, uh, the teacher has um, well he presents himself realizing that Sotaro had does not have his memories back yet. So he introduces himself and reminds him that oh, I was your sixth grade teacher. I go by this name now because I took my adopt my took my family's name like his wife and her family. He's taken on their name instead. Mm-hmm. How progressive! Yeah. Which is Nishizono, which was actually a name that was on the suspect list that Sawada had yeah. way earlier on. Uh, and nope. now he's become this politician. Uh, we we know this mm-hmm. is still this is the bad guy. Um, and then a couple of days before Kumi's surgery is about to happen, uh, him and Yashiro and Zataru are they're having their like their chit chats and things like that. <clears throat> and I can't remember I was, well, all his all his memories come back. All yeah. his memories come back, and he realizes that he's the killer. Yeah, like Yashiro takes him up to the rooftop to like. So they can talk without like the press being there because obviously Sitaro, you know, surviving a fifteen year coma, kinda of become like a local celebrity from like like paparazzi's showing up and things like that. And Yashiro uses that as an excuse to take Sitaro to the rooftop. You know, once again, Chris, all the big anime moments happen on the rooftop. But damn the it, dude. <laughs> the minute they took him to the rooftop, I was like, Oh, he's gonna he's gonna like throw him off the roof or something. Like this is this is like there there's always something really cool happening up on a rooftop in anime. Always. And this one is no different. But also, too, so going into the last episode here, um, um, basically, Sotaro, after talking with, like, Kayo and uh, his friends, like, he starts to regain his memories. Like, everything comes back to him. Um, and, of course, and while they're up on the roof, you know, Sotaro's like, or not Sotaro, um, but the teacher is like, uh, they can't try me for those previous crimes. The statute of limitations is gone. Like, I'm a free man. Dude. It is okay. And then he also says that, uh, I'm also here to kill Kumi. He basically sabotaged her uh, her IV drip with like a muscle relaxer uh, that's basically going to end up killing her. Yeah, what a piece and... of shit, man. Um, yeah. You know, fortunately, Chris, we, also... we get a cool flashback with where mm-hmm. Satoru's memories came back. And it's when Kayo visited and he like stuck out his hand and her baby like touched the hand of his. Like, I thought it was just awesome that that's how his memories came back. I was like, wow, that's really actually like, pretty cool. Yep. It was really, really awesome. And, of course, you know, what we don't know yet is, uh, you know, him and his friends come up with a plan to, to, to trap the, the killer here. Um, and also, too, the whole idea is he brought him up to the roof because he was going to blame uh, blame um, Kumi's death on him and throw him off the roof to make it look like he killed himself out of guilt. And he was going to send a text message to his mom basically yeah. saying, I'm going to end it all here. Basically, he had everything figured out. Um, but one of the things he was like, before I kill you, though, like, I want to know how you knew it was me. Like, basically, he's just like, you know, you kind of go back through all the different scenes, how he was always, Sitara was just always two steps ahead of him. He yeah. was like, you said you knew my future. How did you know? You know what I mean? Like, basically, and, and he kind of tells him. He knew. He knew what was going to happen. Yeah. He, and he protected them. He, and so... And then at that point, like, Sitaru is like, he's like, just fucking throw me off the roof. So he, uh, I want to say he he's actually, almost, uh. Yeah, he's almost like mocking him, like, you can't live without me, like. Exactly, like, like, he actually goes to throw himself off the roof, and he realizes that, like, you know, because they, they, these two have always had this conversation about filling a void, finding something to fill the void within you. Um, and his, the teacher obviously was fucking murdering small children. 
And um, but he also, as he got older, Sitaru, basically from what had happened with him thwarting all of his plans, Taru became that void. I need to know how you did it kind of thing like that, that, that not knowing was just festering inside of him. So he, and and he proves that point by going to throw him. He's going to go fucking hot wheeling right off the roof, man. And uh, as he go, as he goes to fall off, like he reaches out and grabs the wheelchair. Yeah. Yashiro. He's like, you can't live without me. And And like Yashiro, he starts crying. Like he's like, you're right. And then he ends up letting go of the wheelchair. Mm -hmm. Um, Fortunately for our boy Sitaru, uh, his friends and family are down there. They got the fucking... They got the parachute, and uh, they, you know, the mo- every, and of course, Mom Dukes is out there, so you know Killer ain't getting away from it this time. Yep. And uh, but he's looking down, and they're all looking up at him, and he gets arrested here for attempted murder. Yep, for attempted murder, and then uh, you know, the bad guy's been caught. Everything's good, Chris, but like at this point, got I'm like... the crown, I'm they like, saved the town. I'm like, what about Irie? Where's Irie at? <laughs> Um, and so I, I actually do like this where they start to kind of fast forward a little bit where, you know, Sotaru has, you know, he's gotten his life back together. He, he can walk again. His therapy's gone great. He still ended up being a manga artist. And he like, I want to say he ends up writing manga that are it's fitting for like, you know, his childhood experiences and the, the, the you know, heroes and togetherness and things like that. Um, I want to say he, while he's uh, while he's um, he, he goes for a walk during work one day, just to get out and get some fresh air. Um, there's somebody, you know, a photographer out taking pictures um, of the snow, and he's under the bridge, and she takes the hat off, and I was like, oh, it's Kumi. That's really cool. But when she takes the hat off, you realize it's Irie. Yep. And they and they get to have, like, their... That, that they, like, realize who they are, and then that's pretty much it. Like, yeah. get to see that they... That uh... is... It's great. It was absolutely great, and that's where the show ends. And... What a great way to end. Everybody got the... Because I was like, oh, man, is Irie just not going to be a thing in this timeline now? But no, she is, which was cool. Um, Again, I, I, I don't think they necessarily needed to have that because, again, it's like, man, 29-year-old, 17-year-old. I don't think we needed to see her again. Or I would have liked to have seen her again, but, like, maybe just in passing, right? Yeah, you know, I, but I, I don't think I, they needed to have a moment. I think they're just showing that they're... that they, they still ran into each other in this timeline. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> I don't think it's trying okay to be like creepy or anything like that. Um, yeah, I'd like absolutely. to think that at least. Um, you know, it was. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh, that, but overall, it was fantastic. Absolutely yeah. fantastic. Yeah, really. My only gripes, I had to really look for him outside of the candy bar thing, and that it was a little too predictable. Um, yeah. <clears throat> but that could just be, like you said, from our experience of watching, you know, murder mysteries and things like that. Yeah, I. I I have yet to really watch a murder mystery, at least in my in my later years. That I don't know what's happening. You know, yeah, me and I, my wife watch murder mysteries. We watch this stuff all the time. We read books about this all the time, and it's like we are very quick to be like, "I know who did it." Yeah, I think the only one that actually threw me for a bit of a loop until mm-hmm. they revealed it was Heavy Rain, the video game. I don't know if you've ever. I think you uh-huh. played it. Um, oh yeah, of course, the Origami Killer. Yeah, which I was super into until they revealed like so the killer. Like when he go, <laughs> not to ruin a game, but uh, like when he goes in the back room and like you don't see don't him you for dare like a ruin second. Twelve year old game. <laughs> it like I was like okay, like I love a good mystery, but like that was some bullshit that happened back there. But you no, know, it's what. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, I, I like that it was the private detective that ended up being the killer in Heavy Rain, but it yeah. was just like they they really took some shortcuts to get us there. Yeah, but uh, you know, Heavy Rain aside, Chris, we gotta we gotta throw a race on our ranking list. So uh, oh, I'll let you go first. Easy peasy. Yeah, man, I, this one it was excellent. Um, I've enjoyed this more than most of what we've watched show wise. This is definitely a, this is a top five for me. Um, I'm actually uh, this is my new number four. I'm actually knocking Japan Sinks down a peg. Uh, this show was excellent. Uh, definitely one that I can recommend to people. Um, if you're a fan of you know time travel, if you're a fan of murder mysteries, um, if you're just a fan of really awesome like, like I love. But I can't say this enough, Cody. I love things with multiple timelines and, you know, seeing choices that are made cause these ripple effects, you know, butterfly effect type moments. And the it, what really sealed the deal for me was when Kayo and Hiromi had a kid. These people were not supposed to be, they, they weren't supposed to know each other because they weren't friends. They weren't supposed to live past that, that their 11th year. But not only did they live, Cody, they had a child, a child that was not supposed to exist. I love shit like that. Like that's that's the kind of sci-fi that revs my engine when like when these, I don't want to say paradoxical, but when these timeline these divergent points kind of come to fruition. Um, so with that being said, this is my new number four on my list. All right, and for me, it's going to be my new number six, and it's going to be just below Helsing Ultimate and just above Trigun. Um, yeah. Pretty great. Like it is. Uh, it'll probably be in the top ten for quite a while here. Um, yeah, absolutely. And this is one I would have never. Again, this is another thing I love about doing this podcast. I would have never watched this had we not chosen to do it. And I'm really like, this is another one of those shows, much like Promised Neverland. I'm glad this is what won, so I can experience something like this. It was really, really great. Yeah, and of course we're not done with Erased. Obviously, we have the live action series. Um, Chris, pretty so much I'm excited about. Yeah, I'm really excited about it. It's 10 episodes, also on Netflix. Uh, same name, everything like that. Um, this dude, has I've... the potential to be a great live action because there's no anime shit in here. There's no goofy hair. There's no fucking superpowers. People aren't flying around beam clashing all the time and screaming. <laughs> this is a murder mystery. This, this, There's a lot of good that can happen here. Yeah, and I mean, for a show... Like, you know me, I, we've been over this on the podcast. I don't like time travel, and I don't like mm-hmm. Groundhog Day effects. But, you know, mm-hmm. this show, uh, it did it well. Like, <laughs> I enjoyed it thoroughly. Um, but, Chris, since since we've been talking, uh, like, mm-hmm. whenever you were talking about the show, I was mm-hmm. constantly trying to find the 2016 live-action film online. Dude, this uh-huh. might be, like, the hardest thing I've had to find, like... Oh man, you're having I to go can't... deep into the fucking corners of the internet. You have to hire a hitman in the dark web to find this thing. Dude, I am tr- like I can find it on Blu-ray, but like I am trying to find this thing. So is it on Voodoo? No, that Voodoo was like the first place, dude. I've been to oh, some websites I've never heard of. Probably got my computer all infected. But uh... then we might we might have to we might have to put a pin in that if we can't find it and come back to it when it's uh, when it's accessible. Yeah, we might have to put this in the back pocket with the Death Note musical and just save it for a save it for a rainy day whenever we can find it. Um, but for now, we will cover the live action that is on Netflix, of course. Uh, look yep, forward and to then that after next that, week. Didn't we say we were doing? Um... Because we had a tie on the last poll, and we said after we finished, uh, uh, after we finished um, erased, we were going to do the one that the other one that tied with. And I don't remember what that show was. Yeah, it was uh, one of your nominations. It was High Rise oh, Invasion. High Rise Invasion, and then hell yeah. 
And I believe that'll be just a one and done thing as well. So absolutely look forward to that. We'll do a race live action and then high rays of invasion staying on Netflix per usual, you know, keeping it simple for the people at home. Um, that's right. Yeah, Chris, that is, that is erased. That's all I got for this week. Obviously we're going to be talking about erased over the next week as well. Um, Mm-hmm. And I'm looking forward to this live action. You know, I, I am too. I am like too. Like you said, there's no sci-fi. There, there's no like crazy. There's no super Saiyans. There's no. Yeah, they're hmm. gonna have to. They're gonna have to work hard to fuck this up. Like, they're gonna have to pull. They're gonna have to pull a uh, an Ilyong the Wolf Brigade to fuck this one up. <laughs> um, but but yeah, look forward to that, guys. Um, Chris, that's all I got for this week. I am pooped. I am ready to. Same. Uh, I, it's been a long day. I'm ready to eat and watch TV and uh, hang out with my wife for the rest of the night. All right, my buddy. Well, you enjoy that. I'm going to pack my bags for Omaha. and. Uh, oh, you enjoy that, sir. Yeah, I am Cody Snodgrass. I am Chris Adams, and we will see you guys next week when we crack another case. <laughs>